Welcome to Rasa Stand, hosted by Flo. I give you history, political views, and current affairs to deal with La Raza. When I speak about the Raza, I'm talking about the brown, Spanish-speaking community. We are not monolithic. Therefore, you're going to hear a variety of different people speaking about different subjects. It is important to share our story. I'm the combination of book smart and street smart. And when I speak on something, I give you credible sources. Tune in. Cross the stand. Take a stand to understand. Welcome, everybody, to the first session of Sessions with Flow. I am your host, Flow. Um, today, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. Uh, as many of you know already, uh, September 16 is uh, Independence Day for a lot of Latin American countries, uh, specifically um, Mexico, right? So um, I was originally going to do this this session on that day, uh, but I actually thought it, it would be better to do it on this day because uh, exactly 200 years ago is when Mexico, Mexico got its independence from Spain. So some of, my, some of you might be confused and ask, well, how is this possible? I, I thought it was September 16. And for the longest, I thought that myself as well. Uh, but the reason why it's not September 16 and actually uh, the 27th of September, we're going to get into the details of that today. Uh, so you might be asking, how did this guy know? You know, what does he do? Uh, I'm an educator. That is my profession. Uh, I'm a historian. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you know, those are my credentials. I, I come from that background. Uh, graduated from uh, Cal State University of Northridge, 2010. Uh, double majored in Chicano studies and also history. So that is where my background comes from. So I am enamored with this stuff. I love it. Uh, and again, this is a new series to the podcast that I am starting. Uh, it is called Sessions with Flow. So you'll only see me talking. You're not going to see anybody else. So if you are in the live right now, uh, as a guest, sorry, as uh, just chatting and just putting in uh, comments in the chat. I'm so used to saying guests because, you know, I usually, usually have guests on this year. But um, if you're on there, feel free to ask questions, you know, comments, whatever you want. Um, you, we will be, uh, I will be answering some of the stuff at the end of the uh, session. Normally the, the episodes go uh, for an hour, two hours at, <clears throat> at most. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that because there's no way that I'm going to talk about this for two hours. I don't want to do that to you guys. I'm going to give you some key points. Uh, you know, so uh, if you hear anything in the background, I apologize. I got some pretty, uh, you know, loud neighbors. I'm trying to do my best to find a place to do these podcasts. And this is the best place I've been able to find. Uh, so bear with me. Okay. So right now what I'm going to do, I'm going to be sharing my screen with you guys so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so again, uh, this is Sessions with Flow, and we're going to be talking about independence, but more specifically, independence for who? Because a lot of people think that independence happened immediately for everybody in Mexico, but that wasn't exactly the case. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had a revolution in Mexico almost 100 years later. So like I said, I'm going to get into the details of it right now. Feel free to jump in the comment section and just start, you know, saying what you got to say. Okay. So give me one second as I share my screen. I'm so used to doing this 
with kids. Uh, so here we go. All right. So um, I'm going to play it right here. So you might just see me on the corner over here. Uh, if you can't see me, please let me know so I can uh, stop the share. Um, but this is actually from a series of classes that I teach. All right. So the PowerPoint is something that I've actually used in the past. Uh, and I titled the, the uh, class, When Worlds Collide. It's a whole series that talks about just the different cultures. And, and uh, it's a reference to that. So two different worlds, the old world and the new world coming together. Uh, that's why you'll see this as a title, right? But like I said, today we're going to be covering the War of Independence from 1810 to 1821. So uh, like I said, September 16, 1810 was when uh, the original cry of uh, Dolores, right? Uh, not Dolores, I'm sorry, uh, Miguel Hidalgo. Um, I don't know why I said that. Uh, basically declaring unofficially independence for Mexico, but uh, it didn't end until 1821. And even then, we'll get into more details as, as to how it actually continued even after that towards the end, okay? So again, uh, feel free to ask questions in the comment section and I will officially answer them at the end. Uh, this, is, this isn't gonna take too much time, like I said, so uh, bear with me, okay? All right, so again, just, just give you some background to the independence movement, right? So again, before Mexico even, even thought about in the, becoming independent or Latin America for that matter, you had the American Revolution, you also had the French and the Haitian revolutions that had taken place prior to that, all right? So the American Revolution, as you all probably know, is the war between the United States or the 13 colonies and uh, Britain. The Haitian Revolution was uh, Haiti becoming independent from France uh, right after actually the French Revolution. Uh, so this was the first and only successful slave revolt in the history of the world, right? So this was huge for a lot of people. Uh, the French Revolution uh, was inspired by the American Revolution. It had very similar ideologies, and uh, you know they pretty much got rid of the king. They literally beheaded the king uh, in this revolution. So all of these revolutions had something in common. They basically fought off the crown of the colonizers, uh, and in France, well, you know they weren't really colonized, but they literally killed the king and. Uh, replaced them for, with somebody uh, that essentially became an emperor, right? And that's when you have the Napoleonic, Napoleonic Wars, uh, which influenced Latin America to fight for independence. So what I mean by that is that once France became republic, they ended up actually, you know, becoming a little empire. Give me a second. They began to conquer uh, other parts of Europe. And one of those areas was the Iberian Peninsula, what we now know as Spain and Portugal. That is going to be a huge deal uh, when it comes to uh, Latin American independence. And we'll see why in a second. Okay. So uh, Latin America, what did Latin America look like prior to, uh, you know, this independence movement? I'm going to move this to the side just so I can see. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. But prior to that, uh, you had this whole area in green uh, that was part of the Spanish Empire, uh, even uh, parts of what, uh, what are now the Midwest. Uh, at one point, it was known as uh, Spanish Louisiana or, or uh, Spanish Louisiana, right? Uh, so even parts of, you know, like New Orleans or, um, you know, um, 
Missouri, right? Even parts like Alabama at one point belonged to the uh, Spanish Empire and Florida as well, as well at one point. Um, and of course, the islands, right? Uh, of course, uh, the west part of the United States, southwest part of the United States, uh, obviously Mexico and Central America, and then obviously South America, and with the exception of the parts in purple, which were actually parts of Portugal. Again, so by 1800, the majority of this area was controlled by either the Spanish or the Portuguese. Okay, so as you can see, uh, you had the vice royalty of New Spain, uh, they had the vice royalty of New Granada, and the vice royalty of Rio de la Plata. Uh, so it wasn't just one area controlled by one person, right? So the king would send uh, the viceroys to these areas and they would pr pretty much act like the king in these areas and they pretty much gave the rules out to people uh that were you know uh in these areas so new spain had a viceroy uh new granada had a viceroy and of course uh rio de la plata had a viceroy so if you can see some of these cities that exist today mexico city acapulco guatemala city lima cusco right uh just santiago major cities that still exist to this day. So again, by 1800, this was the area that was uh, still under Spanish control. And that's why, like I said, these areas still speak Spanish to this day. All right, <clears throat> give me a second. So Patriot Rebels, what are Patriot Rebels? So like I said, uh, when the uh, French occupied uh, Iberia, the Patriot Rebels saw it as an opportunity to um, basically um, become their own leaders uh, to govern themselves because for the longest, uh, spe specifically Criollos and Criollos are people born in the Americas of pure Spanish blood or mostly Spanish blood. Uh, they are always second-class citizens compared to Iberians and Iberians are people from the actual uh, peninsula. Spain mainly, uh, they were never given full citizenship or all these full privileges that, that the Peninsulares or Iberians uh, had. So this gave them an opportunity to finally uh, be able to, to get that, right? You saw it as an opportunity, okay, well, you know, our king is no longer there, so we gotta govern ourselves, okay? And uh, for the longest, since the Bourbon reforms uh, that happened in the late 1700s, they uh, had lost a lot of these privileges, even more privileges that they, they, uh, they had gained some, a little bit of privileges and more specifically when it came to economics, they lost the ability to trade freely. Uh, and this obviously upset them because as it is, they didn't really have the same uh, privileges that uh, uh, Spaniards born in Spain had. So like I said, they saw this as an opportunity to, you know, be patriot rebels, right? They're still, uh, paying homage to 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 the king of Spain, they still want to be Spaniards, but there's no king, so they have to you know make a decision. They're not gonna pay homage to, or they're not gonna you know uh, be subjects of uh, of Napoleon. So they said, no, we're gonna rule ourselves. Okay. All right. So what happened in uh, New Spain specifically? Again, New Spain is what what is now uh, Mexico um, and uh, the U.S. Southwest and also Central America, okay? So this is what you probably, everyone has heard about when it comes to independence. You have uh, Miguel Hidalgo, who was a Criollo, right? Uh, for many, many years, 
uh, he plotted to not plotted, but he wanted to again have some of the same privileges that the pure the the Iberian-born Spaniards had, and you know uh, he was a criollo, so he didn't have that right. And he understood the frustration that all of these natives and slaves and everybody from the castas had, right? Anybody from the castas was was people that were of mixed blood, whether it was native uh, Spanish or African with Spanish or native with, with African, all these different combinations that the Spanish came up with. They, he understood that they were basically at the, at the bottom, right? Um, so he got them all together and the cry was, you know, debt to the Spanish, right? Debt to to uh, to to this system that we've been under for 300 years, right? They understood that. So obviously, a lot of frustrated people, you know, went with them because a lot of them were victims of, of racism. They were victims of horrible acts, you know, rape, you know, murder, right? People living in haciendas, people living as slaves. So what else can you do when you're in that situation? So they decided to revolt. And for the most part, they went around just killing anybody who was Spanish, whether they were Iberians or Criollos, uh, you know, so many people feared this, this revolt because they understood that they were at risk. And although you had many revolts throughout the colonies uh, over the years, nothing uh, was as big as this in 1810. Again, this is September 16, 1810, when Miguel Hidalgo basically leads, you know, this, this revolt. Uh, but it was short-lived, and he was actually killed in 1811. Uh, and he actually had the shot to actually um, defeat more people when he marched to Mexico City. For, for whatever reason, he decided to go back, and that you know, was the biggest mistake. And basically, he, was, he tried to flee to the United States and was not able to. He was caught and eventually murdered. Uh, and what they actually did is they beheaded him and put his head on a stake. And as a warning to anybody who tried to revolt, that was going to be their fate. Uh, but it didn't stop other people like, you know, Jose Maria Morelos, who was a pardo. A pardo was somebody who was mixed with Spanish, uh, native, and African, right? So that combination of the three. Uh, he continued to fight because he was under his leadership at the very beginning, but then he was also a king from the clergy, right? So he was a, a, a padre. Um, and uh, he fought for a good amount of years, for about four years, but he as well was also executed. And you might ask, well, why didn't th these revolts, why weren't they successful? Because for the most part, like I said, these are the people we celebrate because they're the, one, they're the ones who started the fights, but they were not successful in the sense that they, they didn't drive out the Spanish. Uh, and a big part of it was because a lot of the people that were fighting were not trained. Uh, and why is this important to bring up, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of people today that, you know, um, flirt with the idea of revolution. They talk about it all the time. They say, you know, well, we got to fight back against the man. We got to fight back against uh, the power or whatever, capitalism, whatever you want to call it. You know, it sounds pretty, right? It sounds pretty when, you know, you flirt with it when you romanticize it but these things are ugly these things are not pretty they people die most people who ended up fighting didn't come back right most people uh, as a matter of fact some people didn't even want to fight and they were forced to fight so they were they were taken away from haciendas and they were taken away from ranchos and areas like that 
and they were forced to fight. So that, that morale too also is, you know, it affects, it affects them. So, and, and when you don't want to fight, then, you know, your troops are not going to, you know, they're not going to succeed. And when it comes to fighting, right. The, the, eventually if you're losing and you're not well-trained, you're going to give up. Right. Uh, or just be, be destroyed by people who are more, more, uh, trained. And that's essentially what happened. Most people eventually, uh, you know, either died or just, you know, just said, you know, enough is enough. Again, especially when you kill leaders, right, who started this whole thing, it becomes way, way more difficult to organize. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, by 1815, the fight for uh, independence was dying, it was pretty much on life support. So uh, critical thinking, right? Something to think about. Why were the early independence movements in Latin America not successful? Uh, in my class, normally this is what I would ask, right? Um, and um, that's why I have the question. So as you can see here, this is uh, Jose Maria Morelos being executed, uh, you know, for uh, becoming a so quote unquote traitor. All right. So um, you have um, the King of Spain returning in 1814. All right. So uh, King Fernand. Um, the uh, the seventh returns uh, becomes ruler. Napoleon is kicked out, uh, and he comes back. Right. The problem with this is that one, you already had this revolution had already begun. You had people who were already ruling themselves, and prior to that, you had a, a liberal constitution that was installed uh, in Spain, which essentially affected also the colonies. So it wasn't just you know just Spain that that was going to be affected by this. And, but when he returned, he said, you know what, that constitution that you guys had, forget about it. I'm going to be back. It's going to go back to how it was. I'm the only ruler. So this not only angered, uh, you know, everyone who was benefiting from that in the colonies, but also a Spaniards in, in Spain, right? So they didn't support this. So they essentially said, you know what? Uh, no, you need, to put, you need to put that back because otherwise we're going to revolt against you. So now you had a revolt happening in Spain as well, or people threatening to revolt. So now uh, the king is, is dealing with the revolt in the, in the colonies, uh, dealing with the revolt at home. So he's got to make a choice. Okay. So again, the Spanish liberal constitution. Okay. So eventually they reestablished it. And this angered a lot of criollos. You would, th you, you, you would think, well, why is it pissing them off, right? Because Criollos, for the most part, were conservative, right? Criollos were the ones in power um, when, it, when it came to uh, a lot of them were landowners. And a lot of them were the ones who were uh, being killed by the uh, insurgents, by the people that wanted revolution, like Jose Maria Morelos and uh, Miguel Hidalgo and all the people that were supporting them. So this was actually going to benefit the castas and everybody, right? They were going to be seen as citizens of, of the country and... This was not good for the Criollos. The Criollos didn't, did not want this, right? That's why they were not supporting the initial revolts of, you know, 1810 to 1815, because they felt that they were also being attacked by the people that were committing these crimes, not crimes, these acts of violence. Um, so, you know, this was something that end, ended up changing uh, the way they saw, right? So now Criollos saw themselves as 
being uh, victims in a situation. Now they have to fight for independence, right? So this is huge because now you have criollos and uh, people from the castas both fighting for independence for different reasons, obviously, but they were still doing it. And this is going to be huge. Okay. So uh, give me a second. Let's get some water. They understood, right, that people from the lower classes understood that criollos were not their friends. And people from uh, the higher classes, though, the criollos, did not want to really deal with the castas, right? But they had one thing in common. They were all Americans. And what I mean by Americans is they were born, all born in the continent of what is now America, right? North and South America. So they understood that, that they were both fighting against Europeans, right? And this liberal constitution, even though, uh, like I said, the uh, uh, insurgents, uh, you know, liked it, they didn't trust that the king of Spain would be able to uh, actually, you know, maintain it or that the regime would actually stay, right? And uh, the royalists, the, the, the people who were fighting against the insurgents, did not want the constitution, period, because they felt that it would eventually come for the church. And you have to understand that the church and Catholicism and Christianity were a huge deal, excuse me, for people during this day. Very, very conservative. Even, even uh, people from the castas, right? Very, very religious. Uh, you know, whether it was by force, you know, before that, a lot of people were very, very religious. So an attack on the church was like an attack on God. An attack on God was, you know, was the biggest, you know, form of blasphemy that you can commit during this time. So they both understood that that's not where they wanted this to go. So they saw this as they saw this as a, an opportunity to actually finally uh, join for something, right? Because originally the royalists were the ones attacking the insurgents, and that's why the revolution was not able to really fully, uh, you know, be successful in the first five years of it. Okay. All right. El plan de Iguala. Okay. So this is uh, one of the things that basically solidified or made this uh, movement or fight, you know, uh, come together. Right. So in 1821, uh, Agustin de Iturbide, the man on the left, and Vicente Guerrero, the man on the right, uh, who were actually fighting against each other for, for the majority of the time. Uh, you know, Agustin de Iturbide uh, was fighting against Miguel Hidalgo from the very beginning, up until 1820, 21, right? And they both agreed that this, you know, constitution uh, or, you know, the direction that Spain was going with this, it was not going to work. It was not going to benefit them. And although they did not agree on a lot of things, they agreed that they had to become independent from Spain. So they came together one day and they said, you know what? Uh, we both understand that we need to be free. We need to become our own country. So they agreed on that. And again, they also agreed on Catholicism again as being the only religion in uh, all of uh, you know, New Spain. Specifically Catholicism because a couple of years, not a couple of years, a few hundred years before that, you had the Protestant Revolution, sorry, Protestant Reformation. And essentially uh, that, you know, only uh, solidified or uh, pushed more towards the Inquisition that happened all over Spain and its colonies. So Catholicism was a big part of the culture. 
they, again, they understood that this was something that, that was uh, ingrained or was needed for the country to, to be unified. Because again, even the castas, even uh, you know the slaves, whatever, the, the, the natives, uh, not all of them obviously, but for the most part, were really you know, rooted in that. And they understood that it was important to them. And of course, the thing that you know everybody wanted on the casta side was equality for all. They wanted to get rid of this casta thing. And I know I've been using the word casta the entire time. And basically, the Spanish had a system where, again, it was based on color, based on ethnicity, um, and based on where you were born. Uh, you know, not where you were born. I mean, that also did affect it, but who your parents were, right? So if you were a product of a Spanish father and a native mother, you were considered a mestizo. If you were the product of a uh, uh, African mother and a Spanish father, you were a mulatto. If you were the product of a uh, African father and a native mother, you were a zamba, whatever. So again, they had like 16, 18 different categories. And depending on your category, it, it would determine where you were in this caste system, right? So People in the castas understood that the only way to gain some kind of freedom from this, they needed to have equality for all. So they were no longer going to be called pardos, mulatos, mestizos. At least, uh, you know, on paper, they were going they were going to be treated equally, uh, you know, uh, for the same country, right? Even though we knew that that really wasn't going to happen. In hindsight, they at least wanted to have some kind of protection, so they they decided to do that. All right. So that's what allowed them to join forces again, uh, Iturbide and uh, Guerrero, okay? All right, so on September 27, 1821, today is September 27, 2021, exactly 200 years ago, okay? New Spain becomes the empire of Mexico, not the country, not the republic, the empire, okay? That's a big difference. Uh, and this empire, again, it included the Southwest of the United States. It included all of Mexico and also Central America. Many people don't know that Central America was part of the Mexican empire. So, you know, if you're Central American, you're, you know, originally Mexican, I guess, if you want, if you want to, you know, uh, say that, right. But obviously the empire didn't last. It only lasted one year. And Iturbide was the original um, emperor. Uh, even before that, what they wanted to do is uh, get a Spanish monarch uh, or somebody from the royalty to to uh, for all family to uh, to become the first emperor of uh, of uh, Mexico, right? But nobody accepted it. Nobody wanted it, uh, and uh, eventually he took it on because you know he was seen as uh, somebody from uh, the. Uh, Gente de razón, they call them that, people with reason, right? So uh, they were not going to, even though, again, they said there was going to be equality for all, they understood that it had to be somebody from the upper classes, and they chose him. Uh, eventually, like I said, he was, uh, he was executed. He was, he was kicked out. Uh, so 1823, uh, Mexico becomes uh, a republic, and Central America... Uh, you know, was allowed to uh, become its own country. So originally Central America was not the different countries that it is today. The countries that it is today used to be states, right? So Guatemala was a state, uh, El Salvador was a state for about 20 years actually. 
after uh, you know the first republic of mexico and um mexico obviously you know becomes a republic and chiapas was the only state because chiapas was actually part of the central american union uh you know considered to be part of that but they were the only state that actually chose to stay with mexico out of all those uh, states uh they chose to stay with uh with mexico and obviously you know the californias and uh you know Nuevo mexico and of course texas would be would you know stay with Mexico up until you know the um, Texas Revolution, which we'll get into in a, in a different day. All right, so again, that's just why I wanted to bring it up because today is actually the actual Independence Day of Mexico, two hundred years later, not September sixteen. Uh, you know, and again, that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the the first attempt. Again, I'm not saying that it's not important, but they were not independent for another eleven years. You know it. They didn't just say, okay, we're independent. And then, you know, Mexico was a country. No, it, didn't, it took years of fighting, right? 11 years to be exact. People died. You know, leaders were murdered. You know, it didn't happen like that. So again, revolution is something that we glorify, you know, in hindsight, we look at these people and say, you know, wow, you know, like these revolutionaries are so cool. You know, they, they gave their lives and, and stuff like that. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, it looks beautiful, but war is never pretty. Revolution is never pretty, um, and I think another reason why these movements didn't really work in the beginning is because there was no there was no plan on how to actually come together and create a nation. They were just going off killing people who, you know, were oppressing them. And you know, I've often heard people who say, you know, we got to take the land back, we have to fight back, and stuff like that. And again, thinking about it, you know, for some people it sounds cool and great, and you know, and, and they want to go out there and and do what they got to do, but it's going to come with consequences. And most, more than likely, you're not going to make it. You're not going to, you're not going to be that guy who makes it and says, you know what? I was there for 11 years or whatever it took. Most of you will actually die because you're not trained to fight, you know, unless you have some kind of military experience, most people won't make it right. So revolution, uh, you know, is, uh, is not pretty, you know, all right. So uh, Latin America, again, before independence and after independence. Okay. So on the left, again, you saw the map that I showed you uh, prior uh, to starting the whole, the whole uh, session. Um, but by 1825, you have the modern day countries that you have today. As you can see, Mexico, uh, you know, was pretty big. And then you have uh, Central America, again, the United Provinces of Central America. So any, if anybody is from there, you know, uh, you're all one nation at one point too. And in Colombia, Venezuela, and Ecuador were also part of Gran Colombia at one point. They were one country, but they split off as well. And then Brazil, which we didn't talk about, they had a, a, a bloodless revolution. So uh, the son of the King of Portugal actually left during the uh, Iberian uh, you know, uh, conquest, and they stayed in there and basically became the first emperor of Brazil. Right, so it was a direct lineage of that. Um, all of these countries, like I said, that still exist today, as you can see in detail, right? Every every country has their own uh, independence uh, when they became officially independent, and even after Mexico became independent from Spain, uh, it wasn't like okay, you know, that's it, you guys are gone, right? The viceroy of, of uh, New Spain in Mexico signed, you know, basically the Treaty of Cordoba. And said, okay, um, yeah, that's it, you know, because they had nobody supporting it anymore. But the actual Spanish crown did not recognize 
independence from Mexico until almost 1835. So almost another 14 years later. So they actually tried to reinvade uh, Mexico first in the, in the oceans around here. And then afterwards, uh, they uh, ended up doing it. Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, in the mainland, they tried to attack them in the mainland. And uh, this was huge because it, it took it took them a long time. And 1835 is a, is a crucial date too because 1835 you had a Texas Revolution, so that may, played a major role as to why also Mexico lost Texas because they were so focused on trying to fight off Spain, right? And many more other things happened that led to that again, which I'll get into into one day. I don't want to talk about that too much today, but you know that's also a different uh, conversation because a lot of the times we talk about you know, the war with, uh, or, you know, what people call Astalan or, or the Southwest or, you know, native land or whatever you want to call it. And so oftentimes it's talked about as a conquest or as a, excuse me, as an invasion, but it was way more complex than that. It wasn't just, you know, people coming and invading. And we'll get into all the details of that eventually one day when I do talk about that. Um, but that is that right there. So uh, a question to ask everybody who is listening is why would the people of the lower classes help the Criollos fight against Iberians, right? So we got into some of the details, right? But if you think about it, the Iberians were the ones who had been oppressing them since the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the Criollos were the ones who had been oppressing them since the beginning of the, of the conquest, right? Because the Criollos were the descendants of the uh, uh, conquistadores, right? So they had land that first were encomiendas and haciendas, right? So um, my family actually comes from an hacienda. My great-grandmother was actually born in one. So, you know, these haciendas continued even after the independence movement. And that's why I ask, independence for who, right? Even though the fight was initially fought to uh, liberate all those people from the castas, uh, you know, uh, what ends up happening is that Everyone just gets bumped up a little bit in that caste system. The caste system was abolished legally, but it was still practiced uh, socially. And what I mean by that is that, you know, these attitudes and, and ideologies about people didn't, they didn't change overnight. It wasn't like you stop being a criollo, you know, in 18, 20, 20 to 1821. Yeah, they were Mexican citizens or, you know, part of the Mexican empire, subjects, whatever you want to call them. But these attitudes towards people were still there. So the, this, this is where the uh, colonized mindset comes about or people when people talk about that or people trying to decolonize or people trying to uh, gain back the roots, uh, you know, a big part of that was because of this, right? People would marry up, quote unquote, marry up to try to move up this econo economic ladder and social ladder. So, you know, in hindsight, we might say, well, that's fucked up. You know, we might say that, why would you do something like that? Why would you even try to to purposely, you know, uh, erase your roots? Well, if you're trying to survive, if you're trying to, you know, be uh, relevant in society, you know, you got to do what's best for you, right? And as a historian, that's the way I see it. I don't see it as all oh, these people were traitors. You know, they had to make a choice. If you didn't make a choice, you either died or starved in a society. So um, that's why they also chose to fight. You know, but again, independence didn't come easily for for uh, the people from the lower classes, the people, the, the working class, right? They continue to face some of these uh, experiences, you know, some of these uh, injustices, 
really up until uh, you know the early 20th century when the Mexican Revolution came about, right? Liberals and conservatives fought for power right after independence, as you saw with the Iturbide, continued through the Mexican-American War, uh, even afterwards when the French came again and occupied the area, uh, and then the, obviously the uh, Porfiriato, which was the exclamation point or the cherry on top, if you want to call it that, that essentially uh, you know, made people again revolt because they were losing the land. Uh, that's where we had people like Zapata and people like Villa fighting. And again, that uh, made it a little better for people, but you can argue that you know the system still affects people today because most of the folks who immigrate to the United States or leave, right? since we talked about immigration in the last life, are people from the castas. They still, they, they are the people who are, you know, are descendants of people from the castas, people who, who fought or, you know, uh, tried to fight for independence back in 1810 and eventually 1910. Uh, so, you know, Criollos or also known as white Mexicans uh, still control, uh, you know, Mexico. They're still benefiting from it. So, that's why most of us, you know, are of darker shade. Uh, those who come over here, of course, of course, not everybody. I mean, obviously you have some light-skinned folks too. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's gonna be my next session. We're gonna get into genealogy and identity and, uh, you know, uh, genetics and the cast or whatever in more detail as to how that works out, to how it plays out. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I wanted to say today. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to see if there's any, any, uh, any, anything in the comments section. All right. Uh, let me see, read some of these comments. All right. Let me see if I can see. Um, all right. 300 years. All right. I see, I see my boy, uh, Christ the Wolf. I'm assuming this is uh, the Chichimeca and... Um, Comanche warrior. First off, they, they conquered, the natives come on. Um, I don't know what that means. All right. I forgot this time was on YouTube. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you tuned in, though. All right. Speak the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, interesting. Good information. Yes. The Mexican independence was only for the Spaniards, the ones that are here now. Yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, like I said, I mean, they're the ones who benefited from it for the most part. Uh, but the uh, original, um, you know, um, fight started with the castas. They're the ones who wanted to fight. And, you know, essentially, what I'm trying to say is that independence does not happen without criollos. Whether you like to admit it or not, as we saw with this live, uh, you know, that's what ended up happening. They joined forces because they were, a lot of them were, were soldiers. They were well-trained. So even though uh, it benefited them for the most part, uh, we needed them to fight, all right? Uh, they had agents and spies in the administration. Hmm, interesting. Hey, Rasastan Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What is, yes, this is a history lesson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, like I said, I mean, sessions with flow are going to be that. History lessons, I am a historian. And like I said, I've, I've been holding back uh, you know, for the most part, because the lives and the episodes have been mainly about you guys, the audience. Uh, but now that I have an audience and people are listening to what I have to say, 
uh, I'm sure in the knowledge that I know and the stuff that I know and the stuff that I care about, you know? So um, I really, really appreciate those who tuned in uh, and actually listened to this stuff, um, you know, but that is, that is it. That is it for today. Um, like I said, this live was not going to go for more than an hour. Uh, it's actually not for almost 40 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, but if there's any questions before I stop the live, you can ask them right here. Uh, wait for a few minutes. If not, then, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, end, end the live and, and basically, you know, uh, and do that. Okay. So, uh, Christ Wolf says, so basically we have to, we have been used to fighting pretty much. Right. And that's why I say if for those of you who are, you know, on that revolutionary mindset, right. Who are, you know, let's, let's take back the land. You're looking at this stuff, right? Revolution is not easy. Revolution is not pretty, right? It ain't about just getting a gun and starting shooting people and, you know, you're going to get what you want. Most folks didn't make it. Most folks did not survive this, right? So the ones that did chose, the reason why we're here, a lot of us is because some of those people didn't fight, right? And you might say, well, were they cowards or whatever? Maybe they, they did survive. Or maybe they had kids, right? Um, but um, it is a choice to make that, that uh, will affect your descendants. So if you care about your people, this is my, this is my opinion. If you care about your people, you got you to gotta keep, you know, spreading that seed, right? And some of you might be martyrs or want to be martyrs, right? And do that. But how many of these people do we remember? How many of these folks do we know that exist or fought? countless of lives of people that died and we don't even know who they are right they fought for what for independence again independence for who right and i'm not saying that they shouldn't have not should not have done this or they should have done this but there is a consequence to everything that you do you don't just go out and do whatever you want to do and expect things to happen and go your way you know what i mean so we have to find ways to adapt to the changing world around us and we might not like the way it is, you know, uh, but like I said, our ancestors had to adapt to survive. You know, like I told you, my family came from an hacienda. They, I'm sure they suffered, suffered some horrible things. You know, my grandmother this, the, to this day, she's going to be 100 years old this year. She has not, she never learned how to read in her life. But in three generations, right, my mom, my grandpa, my mom, myself. There's been a huge, you know, uh, for me, at least the way I see it, you know, uh, increase, right? Every generation, you have to be able to, uh, you know, increase, you know, from the last one, right? And I'm doing that for, my, for myself and my family and my daughter. So hopefully, you know, she doesn't have to deal with the uh, things that my family went through, you know, when we were younger and stuff like that, you know? Uh all right, so sessions with Flow Fire. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Like I said, I'm going to bring you some information, some facts. And I will be posting the, uh, the links to some of these books that I've referenced. So this is not coming just for me. I'm not making this stuff up. I've read, you know, a lot of stuff for years. All right, so um, I'm pretty well read on the stuff, you know, and, and, and I love it. You know, I'm trying to educate my people. So, you know, a different spinoff, like I said, because most people, when they talk about revolution, they, they uh, romanticize it. They, you know, but it's, it's, it's not pretty. And, and again, sometimes you might be thinking you're fighting for something at the end of the day, 
you know, who knows? Like I said, some of these people, maybe they ended up getting, ended up getting land or, or imagine you're, you're a native or, or a slave and you come back to the same stuff. You would think it was a waste of time. You wasted eight years of your life for what? All right. So, you know, it took, really, it took, you know, a hundred years after this war, you know, imagine, imagine how you feel as, as a descendant of somebody who fought to know that a hundred years later, you were still fighting for the same shit that your ancestors fought for, right? Now in 2021, right? People still want revolution. Again, that's a third revolution. Before it didn't work the first time or the second time. You have to be able to adjust. Gotta be able to adjust and know and do different things, right? Because otherwise you're doing the same thing and you're gonna get the same result. Life is about adjusting and adapting. Looking at things from a scientific perspective, if you believe in evolution, those things that survive in the world are things that adapt to their environment. What that looks like to you, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, but I'm letting you know, I am not going to go out there and fight for people physically. I'm just not doing that. You know, I'm not going to waste my time, you know, my, 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 my life. I'm not, I don't want to be a martyr. I'm just going to be honest. I don't want to be a martyr because, you know, I got a daughter to raise and I don't feel like anybody can do it better than me. You know, no disrespect to my wife or to anybody else, you know, but that is my belief. And, and I got to make sure that, she, you know, if I go out there and fight for this revolution, who's going to take care of my kid? Is any motherfucker going to step up and take care of my kid? No, they're not. I got to take care of them. So, like I said, this whole thing about revolution, you know, I'm just not with it anymore. You know, I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was young, you know, but it ain't about that anymore. You know, again, independence for who? The way you get independence in this world today, in a system that we are, you know, under today, whether we like it or not, is land. You got to get land and you got to get wealth. And how do you do that? You got to find out. Utilize your talents. Utilize your talents and let them know, you know, find out what you're good at. Because talking about it and talking about how, you know, this thing sucks and how, how you know, we, we've been oppressed for all these years is not going to help us. You know what I mean? Anybody. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being specific. I'm talking about anybody who talks about that. That is not going to help. Right. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be pissed because I am pissed. Right. I, I, I went, I went to, to a, to a kid today. Right. I went to a kid today and I saw all these beds, right. I saw all these, all this furniture. You know, I see, and I see my daughter saying, Oh daddy, this is so cool. You know, I love this. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I can't afford this shit, right? And I got two options. I can be mad at the system or be mad at myself. And say, you know what? What am I going to do to get this stuff for my kid? That's what I'm about, right? So for those of you who don't have any kids or are young and still have your youth, use that. Use that, right? Use it right now that you still have it. If you're only taking care of yourself, focus on that. Because at the end of the day, time is going to pass. And you were still talking about revolution in your 40s and 50s and you wasted your fucking life. I'm just being real honest with you right now. You know, unless you physically are being threatened, you know, then I say, you know what, go out and do it. But that's all I'm going to say. You know, like I said, I had to get this off my chest, you know, because, you know, we, we glorify these things and, and you know, um, 
It is what it is. All right. So again, mad love to y'all. For those of you who tuned in, uh, I'm glad that you picked up some information. I'm glad that uh, you, you know the truth, you know. So go ahead and spread the word. Uh, and this is session number one, right? Uh, these sessions will be coming in sporadically, you know, uh, sporadically throughout the, um, you know, the year. So I'm going to be looking into different dates uh, of different things, but I will be giving you the history of stuff, right? And I'm going to be giving you my take on what I feel about certain things. But again, thank you very much for coming on here. On that note, this is Atrasa Stan. Take a stand. I don't wanna die. Oh no, let my soul go. Love.